Hello and welcome to the Christmas in July I'll be pod for Castmas. I'm Juliet. I'm Catherine. And this is Christmas in July. So for this Christmas in July, we'll be talking about a movie I have not seen called The Princess Switch. Yeah, I have seen it a couple years ago now, as well as all of its sequels. I don't know about this whole sequel business. My understanding is if you want to release a movie, you should release it serially, like week on week on week in like small Mm -hmm. bits. And it should not really attract much attention. And then later on, you re-release it in three big parts. And then it makes so much money that you can retire on it. Similar to what Mary Elizabeth Braddon did with Lady Oddly Secret. You know, now that you mention it, <laughs> now that you mention it, yeah, that is exactly what happened with the uh, the sensation novel, uh, Lady Oddly's Secret. Yeah, well, I mean, that one, it was being released week by week, and then the magazine it was being published in went down at one point, I believe. <laughs> so there was sort of a disruption in the narrative process. Right, which... I mean, Netflix probably isn't going down, but we've certainly seen plenty of streaming services uh, shudder, as as it were. Yes. Also, RIP Babysitter's Club on Netflix. I'm very sad about that one. I liked it, but I could not finish the first season. Um, Boy Crazy Stacy, like, gave me so much anxiety. That's very fair. (laughs) It's very, like, I was rooting for you, (laughs) you know? (laughs) alas yeah very very reasonable i mean if we're talking about like different ways of perceiving time (laughs) princess switch is kind of a set of in weekly installments it's in yearly installments where we're getting a little bit of the narrative each christmas right sort of an expanded version of time for our weird pandemic confusing era (laughs) See, I thought we were just focusing on time for the previous, (laughs) for last Christmas, but I guess we still have a lot of funky time, like, still running through our veins. That is, okay, Julia, we we still have time Mm -hmm. running through our veins? That's kind of profound. What a great description of being alive. Time is a river that sweeps me along, but I am the river. It is a tiger that mangles me, but I am the tiger. It is a fire that consumes me, but I am the fire. The world, unfortunately, is real. I, unfortunately, time will be definitely. And yet, and yet, and yet. But so for this month, we thought we would take two texts that are both about identity and I don't know duplicity of identity, but like recursion of identity in interesting ways. And pretty girls using their identities in interesting ways. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, Lady Oddly Secret has like three different bits where two people look identical to one another. At least three. And that, I mean, the three that I'm thinking of at least, like really pin the plot in place over the course between Phoebe Marks and Lady Oddly between Helen Tallboy and Lady Oddly, and between George Tallboy and his sister, Clara Tallboy. (laughs) That's my favorite. Um, Yeah. And so one of the things I'm really looking forward to in The Princess Switch is seeing how 
these switches of identity end up working, how like people who look the same work out. I do not yet know. Will these turn out to be like long lost twins, long lost cousins, totally unrelated? I'm hoping they're unrelated in a way, but like Do you want a spoiler? No, like we're, we will we will find out and you listener can find out together if you also have not seen the movie. If you have seen the movie, you've got dramatic irony on your side because you know the answer to this question. Uh, but so one of the big things I'm going to be looking for for the princess switch is a switch. Yeah, the princess. Uh, another is going to be a princess. Yeah, yeah. I. It would be very funny if they both were princesses. <laughs> just they're two different places. And so then they just like swap and it's like, we were both rich, and then we learned what it was like to be rich in a slightly different country. Oh, man. Okay, see, now <laughs> I'm regretting we're not bringing in A Little Princess by Frances Hodgins Burnett. Uh, because that's about somebody who is rich, but and is a princess, but doesn't know it, and lives like an, like, uh, an orphan in an attic, and tells herself that she can be a princess if she just has the right mindset. And in the end, it turns out she is indeed rich. Gotta love the uh, the fulfillment of desire. And that's actually another great theme. We'll get a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's something I'm really interested to, to see from Lady Audley's Secret and then looking at the Princess Switch. I'm really interested in seeing or in, in watching for sublimated queer desire. Mm, okay. Which is a big thing in Lady Audley's Secret. And it's Definitely, like, yeah. Is, is that going to be a subtext in The Princess Switch, or is it going to be unintentional subtext in The Princess Switch? It's going to be one of those two, <laughs> but I don't know which. It just depends on how badly you want to see Vanessa Hutchins make out with herself. I don't know. Fair. Very fair. Yeah, that's also going to be kind of an interesting question mark mm-hmm. uh, that, that'll be interesting. Like, what what is the relationship between the two of them? Do they get to have any sort of meaningful relationship beyond exchanging places do they only get to learn of each other from the new environment and context that they end up in or do they actually get to get to know one another um if you think about in like the parent trap where the the twins have to get i mean spoiler alert for the parent trap i guess but like the twins have to get to know each other so well that they can play each other's parts right right some switch stories you entirely learn everything kind of as you go on the fly and like that those challenges are what make up the sort of story but as a result you don't get to learn how this other person gets to reinterrogate this thing that they're performing i feel like a little disappointed we're not watching the third princess switch because there is a little bit more of that going on in the heist version where there's a lot of like don't spoil also Catherine, in Two well, years' time, we will also be getting to that movie. <laughs> I it's interesting because it's a three-way switch, so there's a much more distinctive personality. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I did not mean to... I didn't realize that was a spoiler. It's in the title for to switch, switch again the third time. I don't know. Anyway, something like... <laughs> Fifty Shades Darker, you don't assume, oh, that's because she's wearing a blindfold the whole movie. You know is what she- I mean? What? No! What I'm saying is that <laughs> Princess Switch 3 switched again the third time does not imply to me that there's a third way switch. I'm excited for that knowledge. But <laughs> I can't remember the real name of the movie. Uh, <laughs> it's called 
Princess Switch, now you three me. <laughs> Honestly, it might be that. <laughs> so another thing I'm really interested to see is Ivan talk about gender as a derivative of class, mm. uh, which definitely comes up in Lady Oddly Secret and mm-hmm. also comes up in Prince and the Popper style stories, whether like mm-hmm. classical ones or if you think about like Mickey style ones or Barbie style ones. Like, Mm. class matters in a particular way in a lot of these stories. And these stories are a way to accent how the performance of class and the performance of identity feed into one another. Which is something that absolutely both the, like, A plot of Lady Oddly Secret is really interested in. Yeah. But so is Phoebe Marks, I think one of the most interesting characters in Lady Oddly Secret. So I'm really interested to see both that kind of performance of class and... Who are the, like, servants in this movie? Who are the people who are never raised above their station, but easily could be if circumstances were to let them? Can I just make sure your expectations are, like, appropriately tempered for this Netflix Nathan Christmas movie? Sure, as long as you, like, successfully continue to tease that our listeners should stay tuned for an interesting discussion and want to go see the movie themselves if they haven't yet. Oh, well, it, it, yes. We, we, can, um, we can set expectations, but it shouldn't be a deflationary move. No, I my ex- the expectations I want to set is that this is a movie very much in the style of those Hallmark, Wish Fulfillment, Christmas, heteronormative, Christian values type. It, it's It's playing into that genre and it's not particularly interested in subverting other than maybe more diverse casting than you you would usually see so I think a more interesting thing to be looking for is not what is this text do that's like innovative and exciting and or subversive but what cultural values is this text reflecting what is this showing viewers about our imagination of what it means to be a princess and what it means to be a baker and how class and gender get performed in sort of a fantastical Christmas way. Whereas Lady Out Secret, if you're approaching that, that one's a much more interesting read if you're looking less for like a fun escapist wish fulfillment and more about like I think there is some subversion built into that text that can be teased out that's a little more rich than but but maybe it's been two years since I've seen this movie maybe it it is more subversive than I remember we'll find out viewers I'm I'm excited watch a lot I, another thing I'm I'm really interested to to watch for is a character who isn't always in these stories because of kind of how plots work, which is the the hinge character, the character who knows both of them, mm. um, or is like the one who learns soonest or enables the switch to happen. Sometimes this is in the form of like a fairy style character, whether that's a fairy godmother, godfather, weird sort of. Gender person. Uh, if you think about like a Leonardo da Vinci sort of character, like someone who is sufficiently apart from the yeah. like contexts of the the story to have a sort of magic to them, even if it's not mm. literal magic. We have something close to that in the Princess Switch, I think. Very minor character, but 
something akin to that. I think something else to be thinking about. So Lady Audley's Secret is very much about marriage as a business proposition, whereas Princess Switch being in that realm of like romantic Christmas movies is about marriage as a love match. So something to think about is when we have characters deceiving, like deceiving who they are, presenting a different identity, how does their romantic love interests respond to that? Do they recognize a change? Like, what are they projecting onto this woman and how she's presenting herself? And how does that either aid with or interfere with a romantic possible relationship? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited. Other predictions I'm going to make, I'm going to guess there are no question mark murder plots in this one. I think that's a thing that you say for the second one where it's like more of a like parlor mystery Christmas switch story. Well, the third Uh, one is a heist story. Right, right. I don't think there's a murder per se, but yeah. it's Spoilers. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's totally cool. (laughs) I'm going to guess no Australians in this one. Huh. Australia features in the background of Lady Oddly's Secret a lot. I'm not just being weird about Australians out of nowhere. So does murder also. Murder does feature heavily in the background right. or the forefront. Um, Princess Switch is set in this bizarre Netflix fantasy realm that is half locations that Americans will recognize and half fictional locations that are not fantastical, just not real countries. <laughs> okay. So, um, I can't remember if Australia plays a role or not. It could because like Chicago plays a role, but also countries that don't exist play a large role. Another thing I'm really excited about, because I literally don't know at all, is what the occupation of the non-princess Vanessa Hudgens is. Is she a journalist? Is she a baker? Is she an actress? Is she one a, of those things. <laughs> is she a, a like, women's <laughs> soccer star? You already got it. It was in the first three. <laughs> And and I don't know, I'm thinking she must be a baker, because that's very Christmassy. <laughs> and because in the Sophia the First version of this, everybody learns a lot about baking. So Yeah, and baking is also like a very feminine activity, but also an activity that in Victorian England would probably not have been done by the upper class. You leave baking for the lower class and the Phoebe Marks of the world. So. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Well, well, listeners, I sure am excited to watch the Princess Witch and or read Lady Oddly Secret. But I've done that second one, so I'm excited to do the first. You might want to do both, or just one. Either way, I think you'll have a good time. Or neither. Just you know, live your life. But yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I am excited to reread the summary of Lady Audley's Secret because even though I've read the book twice, my memory of it just like disappears as soon as I finish each time. And I am excited to rewatch Princess Switch so I can better engage with Juliet's first impression response. <laughs> One of the things that I, I would 
kind of classify both of these works as, even though I haven't seen The Princess Switch, is like, they're both very pop media. Mm -hmm. uh, they're both very like accessible, made for the masses. And yes. then like a step above the normal of that genre or medium. Like The Princess Switch, in my understanding, is going to be a step above the like Hallmark, you know, paint by numbers Hallmark movie, if only because it's made by a different group of people. <laughs> Similarly, like Lady Oddly Secret is a sensation novel. It is, you know, it's written like Charles Dickens, but how do you say a little trashier, a little like more fun, <laughs> uh, a little less, yeah, it's more sensational. There's more comedy and more like drama and a little less squalor if that makes sense she yeah she was criticized for writing basically trashier work like stuff that's sort of um that was enjoyed by like upper class people but also one of the criticisms of this book was like oh this is something that like you would read in the kitchen like it, it was criticized for being a little too i guess accessible or interesting to right the masses and it reads like television it really does read yeah. like television it is really really trashy. readable it is surprising how easy it is to read this story and at the end like when you finish it you're like oh there was like literature in there <laughs> yeah no it's it's very fun it was i read it the second time i read it was in the context of a class i was captioning that talked a lot about like we are reading this because it kind of bridges the, it's looking for that market that is both, how can we sell it on a serial level and have like the masses interested in it week after week, but then also package it up in a volume and sell it to rich people as a book that they will want to own. So it's arguably like hitting that sweet spot. And of course, um, just like in the princess switch where you're appealing to both working class bakers and princesses <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode where we discuss the movie through the lens of this book having actually seen the movie so make sure to watch the princess switch if you haven't seen it already and now check out an ad from another show on the moonshot podcast network hey jen hey jacqueline what do you think the most significant YA book series like the 2000s to the 2010s is? Oh, definitely The Hunger Games. No, no, I mean like... Like, uh, Twilight, Twilight, that's the best No, one. no, I'm talking about the Percy Jackson series by Rupert Iredon. Uh, I've not heard of those. If I wanted to listen to a funny podcast about those, what would you suggest? Well, I would recommend Unwise Girls, which you and I host. This is a podcast where we reread, analyze, and frequently joke about the books of the Rick Riordan verse, and we see why people call these the best young adult magical series of the 2000s. And we always take time to declare which characters are canonically, factually, not cishet, because Rick Riordan is not the boss of us. Listen to Unwise Girls every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Moonshot Network. I'm Juliet. And I'm Catherine. You can find me at Mousewife Games. <laughs> Please don't find me. Until next time, happy castmas to all. To all a pod night. Uh -huh.